In today's show, we're looking at players who have been overperforming, Tyrese Maxey, underperforming, Jimmy Butler, and talking about how that can change. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So I know trade deadlines have passed in most fantasy leagues. Most of those were last week. That's not the case for everybody, right? So this can still be considered a buy low and sell high trade sort of scenario. A lot of your leagues have started playoffs. By the way, if your league is in playoffs and you can still do trades, stupid. You shouldn't be able to do that. But yeah, your league might be in the playoffs, but it's still worth noting like which guys are overperforming and you can expect regression, especially when you're looking at how your matchup goes in the playoffs, what you can expect from these guys and which guys are underperforming that we hope can be able to step their game back up to at least you know, an average type performance. So getting an idea of who is down, why they're down, who is up and why they're up, I think is still really valuable. So should we, Warney, what do you reckon? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, let's start with Tyrese Maxey, one of the biggest overperformers in the NBA at the moment. And that is no shade to him at all. It just, it isn't. It's been great. He's been awesome. But, but this will not continue. And I've seen a lot of people you know, patting themselves on the back about, oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew when Harden would come, that it would just make him better and, and make his life easier. And all those idiots who told you he might be a drop, ah, that was so dumb. And what I said with, with Maxi was, is that I can in, hold him for sure, and I could see it turning into a drop. What I didn't see, clearly got that wrong, was that um, Maxi would be the third option over Tobias Harris. Right? I, I, I didn't think that he would, and I really like Maxi as a prospect. I thought he was horrifically underdrafted in the draft, um, had him as a big sleeper coming into this season for fantasy value. But I didn't think that Harris would just become a non-factor and Maxi would be that guy. And that's all well and good. We got, yeah, I got that wrong, right? Maxi is the third option at the moment. But he will not be this good. I can 100% assure you this. He will not be this good. Because over the last two weeks, he's the 23rd ranked player and he's 37th over that time in points leagues, averaging 38 fantasy points. For reference, he's averaging 31 for the season. And you can chuck out whatever narrative you want about, yeah, James Harden just makes it easier, makes it better. It, just go through the history of James Harden's teammates. Which which guard pairing with James Harden did he turn into this guy? Yeah, who? Which other player became this player next to James Harden? I think you'll struggle to find an answer to that. Like, did he turn Joe Harris into this? No. Did he turn Patty Mills into this? No. Did he turn, I don't even know who who else did he pair with? Like the, Eric Gordon? No. Like this, what Maxi's doing, it's that thing that I talk about on this show all the time. It's about timing. 
is that you see something happen, a big change happen. And when someone has a big change happen that we're all waiting to see what happens with that, I'm saying happen a lot here. Yet that big change is hard and coming. What's it going to do to Maxi? And then he goes on an insane hot streak at the exact same time is we put those two things together and go, well, it must be Harden. Harden's there. Well, that he just fits perfectly. Every one of his shots is so wide open that it's going to continue, but it just isn't going to be that case because I 100% guarantee you that Tyrese Maxi will not be a 62% shooter from the field. He will not be a 65% shooter from three. Those two things won't happen. He's also averaged 1.8 steals per game, which is maybe that's possible. He averages 0.8 for the season. 0.8. That is just a gigantic step up. And maybe he averages 1.2. Maybe he does. Maybe he shoots 50% from the field. He's at 42% from three for the year. Maybe he shoots 44% from three. That's possible. But 44% is not 65%. 50% from the field is not 62. And 1.2 steals is not 1.8. I still I have Ty, Tyrese as like the 70th best player rest of the season, 60th to 70th, not top 25. I think he can still put up good numbers. Have a usage of 20. Be really efficient with a true shooting of 60%, not a true shooting of 76%. I guarantee you this is going to drop. 100% guarantee. There is no way that this continues. Absolutely no way whatsoever. The defense rests. Let's look at Shea Gildas-Alexander, who, again, I'm not drafting him, man. He's going to get shut down fantasy playoffs. Well, instead, he's performing like a top five player in the fantasy playoffs. That's why, again, I'm not here to tell you that teams don't embellish injuries or that they don't just, you know, their players don't take a little bit extra time to come back at times. One when I talk about shutdowns is people just obsess over it. They claim that teams are going to sit healthy players and just not play them at all. And yeah, they make draft decisions based off that. When that stuff is really, it's basically impossible to predict and you just tie yourself into knots, avoiding and getting guys when it just isn't predictable. Yeah, so many people f- would have avoided Shea or even when he hurt his ankle a few weeks ago, he said he's done for the year. And now he's coming back and doing this. Sure, if he gets hurt, they'll be extra cautious with him. No, there's no doubt about that. But look at the numbers. Fifth over the last two weeks in both category and points leagues. Fifth. That's a pretty good boost for your fantasy playoffs. He's averaging 54 fantasy points. That's up from 41. So how and why is this happening? How does he get to this level? He's averaging... Well, it is helpful that Dort and Giddy are both out. So he basically just has the ball the entire time. Runs the offense, passes, scores. But he's also pairing that again. We talk about timing. With the increased usage, the increased role of him being the absolute number one only guy, he's somehow doing that at an insane efficiency. Shea has a 44% field goal percentage this season. Over the last six games, he's at 57. And he's not doing it on insane three-point shooting. Well, he is compared to his season number where he's at 29% for the year. He's at 36 over the last six. But he's at 62% on twos. Now, he can be a mid-50s two-point guy for sure. 55, 54, no worries. Like, he can be that. He hasn't all year. But this volume, 37% usage, with a true shooting of 65%, and throw in that he's averaging 2.2 steals during that time, that's why he's this high. Can he be a top 30 player rest of the year? Yep. That's, that's possible. Top 10 on the back of this field goal percentage, this usage, these steals, and he's averaging 33 a game. 
feels pretty unrealistic to me that he's going to be able to maintain that level of production. I just I don't see there's any way that that's going to be able to stick. But I do know that Bet Online is going to stick as the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Basketball, we're full steam ahead right towards the playoffs and March Madness in college basketball. So get all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props at betonline.net. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's look at another overperforming player. He's currently injured. Don't think it's going to be a serious issue, but we're talking about Cameron Johnson of the Phoenix Suns. Cam Johnson, over the last two weeks, has played five games. He's the 17th ranked player. That's obviously really, really good. Um, is there an increased role for him without Chris Paul? Yes, there is, but he's coming off the bench. Um, he can still play 30 minutes, for sure, but that bench role, it's helped that Devin Booker's also out. So we look at those 30 minutes, maybe it goes down to 28. I don't think it's going to be a huge drop-off there. His usage is at 21.7. It's not particularly high. So why is he as high as he is? Well, it's very, very simple for me with Cameron Johnson. Why is he at this high, averaging 34 fantasy points? He's at, by the way, 22 for the year, which is outside the top 150. Um, how's this happening? He is a good shooter, very good shooter. He is not a shooter who hits 60% of his shots, which is what he is over this time. He's hitting almost 59% from three, 65% from two. Also, he's at 96% from the line. Now, that 60 might go down to 55. The 95 might go down to 90. The 58 might go down to 48. And they're all still unbelievably efficient numbers. But what he's currently doing over these last two weeks, a true shooting of 85%, no chance, not even remotely close to being sustainable. And that's really where it's coming from. He's not getting steals or blocks. His assists are up, which are interesting, three assists per game, but he doesn't get rebounds. He's hitting a ton of threes at a high percentage. He's scoring a ton. But again, this is 23 points on 85% true shooting. You bring the same usage with a normal true shooting and you average... You might average 17 points, 16 points, maybe. You don't average 23, and that's his value comes from points and threes with that insane field goal. He is not going to be this guy. He is a 12-team league player for now, but don't be shocked if he plays 27 minutes a night, averages 15 points with your 48% shooting. And that, is that 12-team? It's borderline when you're doing nothing else. It's borderline. Terry Rogier. Again, he's been insane over this period. That's what happens when you're an overperforming player. You're putting up some big numbers. Seventh-ranked player in category leagues over the last two weeks and 13th in points leagues. Really strong. Rogier is averaging 47 fantasy points. That is up from under th- from 34.6. So it's a big, big leap. So what is Rogier doing? Well, he's averaging 6.4 assists. I sort of think the assists are, are, are close to real. He is taking on this backup point guard role with Ish Smith gone, and six assists is maybe realistic for Rogier. That's possible. But he's at under 44% shooting for the season. What he has been able to do is take that up to 53%, hitting 54% of his threes over the last two weeks. He's also a really good free throw shooter. 
but 94 is insane. He's at 83. And again, that difference, 83, 83 is still a very good free throw shooter, but you take yourself from being good 0.3 uh, standard score, Z score, which is, not, which is all right, to 1.7 standard score because you're hitting 94%. That 94 goes to 83, which is maybe one or two missed free throws over a week. And then your value drops. The 58% or 54% threes go down to 38, 39%. And then you lose your threes, you lose your points, you lose your field goal percentage. He's also at 1.6 steals. This is a guy who averages 1.2. So he's tying in the things that modify rankings so much. High three-point percentage, high steals, the assist, maybe they stick, and high free throws. And that is all going to come down. Let's look at the last overperforming player, and that is Scotland Barnes of the Toronto Raptors. There are clear reasons why Barnes is overperforming at the moment. Number one of those is that OG Ananobi is out, and he will be out for a couple of weeks. That's fine. The second biggest reason is that Fred Van Vliet is out, and Van Vliet probably returns next game. So that's going to have an impact on Barnes. Scotty, I should have mentioned, is 31st over the last two weeks in category leagues and 35th in points leagues, averaging 39 fantasy points. He's at 33 for the year. So it's not that big of a leap, but it is a leap enough to warrant me discussing it. 31st in category leagues is huge. How is he doing this? Usage is up a couple of percentage points. That's the Van Vliet effect. He's gone from 18 to 21. He's also gone from 15 points to almost 19 points. Again, that's usage. But it's also the fact that now the shots are going in at an extreme rate. He shoots 48.7 from the field this year, which is 54% on twos. But over the last seven games, he's tying in increased usage with being a 66% two-point guy. You could split the difference and say, there's a possibility he's a 59 to 60% two-point player if he picks his spots right and shoots only close in shots. And that is all real, right? But 66 is a very, very high number for a bloke that's not noted as a shooter. Tie that drop-off in with a drop in usage, and it's fine. He's not actually generating anything assist-wise, which is strange. He's also had a real surge in his steal numbers. Now, for a guy that you know, we praise for defensive stats, he's at 1.1 steals for the year. That's not good. Well, it's not. Actually, it's not, that's, that's not true. It's not great. It's solid. But over the last seven games, he's at 1.7, which is just a gigantic boost. So a big boost in field goal percentage with a boost in usage, with a boost in steal numbers has pushed Barnes right up there. Do I think that Scott can be like an easy top 100 guy rest of the year? Yeah, of course. Like easy top 70? Maybe. Top 35? I'd have to say probably not. That takes us into the underperforming players. And we're going to talk about his teammate, Gary Trent Jr., In fact, it wasn't nice at all because Gary Trent has stunk over the last two weeks, like very, very poor performances. He's 172nd in category leagues and 122nd in points leagues. And Gary Trent has been very impressive this year, the 75th ranked player in category leagues all year. He has blown away any of my expectations. Absolutely no problem with that. I didn't expect... um, a bloke who averaged 0.9 steals per game last year. Oh, sorry, 1.1 steal per game last year to average almost double that this season. Didn't expect that. Oh, okay, but he's doing it and he's done it consistently. Interestingly, though, he is still a very poor shooter. 
And that is having a real impact on his production at the moment. But I think there's room to improve because despite being a, a poor or streaky shooter, he's not a 29% shooter. He's hitting 22% of his threes. Like they are extraordinarily low numbers. Like unbelievably low. And that is what is tanking his numbers. That 29% goes back to even a pedestrian 40%. The 22% from three has got 15, 16 percentage points to rise. There's your, there's your bump because it bumps up your field goal percentage, it bumps up your three-pointers made, and it bumps up your scoring. And I think you should be looking at Trenner as a guy that maybe can average 20 points per game. Maybe he doesn't, but maybe he can for the rest of the season. Um, usage is a, a little bit down for him. Maybe he can get to that, but it's been lean over, even over the last month, he's not a top 100 player because the shots just aren't falling and he is still taking a lot of them. They're just not going in. But there is significant room for Gaz to um, to improve from here. Let's look at Lamelo Ball, who is also underperforming currently. He's the 66th ranked player over the last two weeks. That's not good. In points leagues, he's 73rd, averaging under 31 points. He's a 41 guy for the year. That's a big drop-off at this time of the year. Really disappointing. So Lamelo Ball, who's 21st in category leagues, why is he down to 66th? Number one thing is he's playing 27 minutes because he had that weird game in this stretch, which again, not everyone will remember. He played eight minutes two games ago. The last three games, he's played 29, 8, and 30 minutes. Like very low numbers. He scored well in two of those games, but there's one game in the middle there that just roots all this. It kills it. He's also shooting 35% from the field. And like Trent, we're not expecting him to be a good shooter. He's at 41.8 for the season. But 35 is horrendously low, including 31% on twos. He's hitting his threes just fine, 41%. 31% on twos. That's embarrassing. That's Tristan Thompson in warm-up style. That's Scotty Barnes in the rookie challenge style. 31%. True shooting of 48%. That's got to jump up. He's also averaging 1.5 steals for the year, but only has five steals in his last five games. Get me two extra steals across those games, hit a couple of extra shots from two, and we're back in business. So it's disappointing. It's definitely dropped down by that one low game, but there's other stats here like the, um, like the field goal percentage, which have got room to improve. Clearly room to improve. The next guy. He's done. He's good. Uh, not not the best at the moment. Like, he's been fine, Donovan Mitchell. But I think he is still underperforming what we should expect from him uh, rest of the season. Because over the last two weeks, Donovan Mitchell is the 50th ranked player in category leagues. That doesn't cut it, does it? 33rd in points leagues. For the season, he's 25th in points leagues. In category leagues, he is 15th. It's a big drop-off. He's still averaging. You look at it and go, he's still averaging 27 points per game. Like, what's going on there? Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Why is he so bad? 27 points is above his season average. But he actually has turned your team, not, not definitely into one, but basically a punt free throw guy. Because on five and a half attempts per game, he's hitting 67% of them. And over the last week, which has really killed you, 59% from the line on six attempts. Like, that torpedoed your category. He hasn't blocked a single shot in his last five games. Not that he's high in that area, but that, that impacts. His rebounds are down from 4 to 2.4. That impacts. And it's, that free throw just hurts. It just kills your numbers. He's also, two-pointers, he's only at 
and that drops his overall production down as well. Donovan Mitchell, we look at him as a top 20 player, as and, and we should. Get these shooting numbers back up, get some rebounds happening, and you'll be back there, yeah, quick smart, I would suggest. Jonas Vassal Inouansas. Yep, Jonas struggling a little bit as well at the moment. Balanchunas has been a surprise packet for most of the season. He was hilariously ranked outside the top 100 on ESPN in draft season, and that was an obvious, hey, got to draft this guy as much as you can. But he did outperform any of my expectations that I had. He is the 37th ranked player this season, but that was, of course, start of the year with him. Oh, at some point, at some point, Zion's going to play, surely. Well, that hasn't been the case. So Valanciunas has really been able to take advantage. He's only playing 28 minutes a night over his last five games. He's the 93rd ranked player in categories, 64th in points. What, what has happened? Well, I'll tell you what's happened. Over the last five games, he's blocked one shot. He's, ba- he's not a high shot blocker, but he's a one per game guy. He's blocked one in five. There's an immediate drop. He's also an 81% free throw shooter for the season, yet over the last two weeks, he's at 67%. So going from a solid positive to a decent enough negative hurts. And for a guy that's been hitting 38% of his threes all year, that's disappeared. In fact, over the last three months, he's under 30%. And I think because he was so like 45, 46% to start the year, he was so red hot. That's sort of gone under the radar, but now we're really we're seeing that impact. He's not his shooting numbers are down. His field goal percentage takes a hit. His three pointers made takes a hit. His scoring takes a hit. His minutes are down. His free throws are down. And he's not blocking shots. There's clear bounce back here. Like just block me a block me a shot a game, hit your free throws at eighty percent, and we'll be good. But we're not there yet. But there is some um, upward mobility for old um, Jonas Valanciunas. The last guy. Because he's my butler. <laughs> yeah, look, it's been rough for Jim, for sure. It hasn't been a good stretch of games for Jimmy Butler. He is, over the last two weeks, the 100, 165th ranked player. In points leagues, he is 58th. Jimmy Butler for the year is 20th in points leagues. He's averaging down from 42 to 33. It's a big drop off at this important point of the year. Category leagues, he's 14th for the season. Yet over the last two weeks, 165th. Why is this happening? What has happened? Two major factors. Jimmy Butler, for the year, his best category has been his free throws. He's at 87% on eight attempts. That is a standard score of 2.17, which is a dominating number. But over the last two weeks, he can't hit them. And again, on the surface, 72% is not a bad number. But when you take nine and a half a game and you drop from 87 to 72 it turns you from a positive 2.17 in that category to a negative 2.21. That is a four standard deviation swing, which kills your value. And of course, free throws hurt your points as well. So he's gone from making making a good amount of free throws to a lower amount. And your scoring's dipped as well. But we also throw, Jimmy Butler's not a good three-point shooter. In fact, some would say he's bloody shithouse, shooting under 20% from three for the year. And yeah, he's still been bad over these last two weeks. But what else has happened? Well, now he can't hit twos. 40% from two over his last five games. Now, he is not a particularly efficient two-point shooter, under 51%. But when you take a hit down to 40, when you're hitting 25% from three and 72 from the line, your true shooting's at 49%. It kills you. Also, he's at six assists for the year over the last five games, 3.2. 
These are gigantic drop-offs. Now, I don't expect this to be a persistent problem. I don't think Jimmy Butler's, Butler's forgotten how to shoot free throws or is going to be a horrendous two-point shooter rest of the season. But that's why he's down this far. Expect a pretty decent bounce back. I hope. Fingers crossed. And that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app if you are here on YouTube. Why don't you thumb it up? Leave your comments down below as well, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.